The date is Friday, October 15th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're taking a journey to the planet Arrakis to discuss a movie called Dune. While its release here in the United States is just a few days away, this will serve as an introduction to the book's lore and the setting of this sci-fi masterpiece. So enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show on the internet encapsulating all things entertainment. You know it, you love it, it's Entertain This. <laughs> I don't know if that's Richard that came Nixon. Through. What the hell was that? <laughs> Richard Nixon's special guest episode? <laughs> oh, no. Back from Speci- the grave. Specifically, for the head season. from Futurama. <laughs> that's worse than the ghost. Yeah. I hate that. Uh, guys, I have a cold open for us. It's pretty good. Uh, I think people who watch or who listen to us um, in, an, in an audio fashion is really going to love this, but I'm currently going to hold up this uh, this metallic red envelope that I got. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you who are avid fans of the podcast may remember the company Mischief. Nope. Let me see if you remember <laughs> this. Uh, the Satan Shoe. Yes. <laughs> mischief, oh, yeah, yeah. mischief made the Satan shoe. Yeah, they did. And I gave uh, a brief insight as to what Mischief was. It's like a dead drop, uh, download an app, and they sell a certain amount of something, and when it sells out, it's gone forever. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have yeah. to like have the app and it sends you an alert. You have to be one of the first people there to get something from them. I got something mm-hmm. from them. Ooh, what'd you get? What so uh this is sort of in tangent to the Satan shoe thing. Um <laughs> This is their latest drop. This is the Boosted Pack. This is the second series of the Boosted Pack. Uh, it's a lot like Pokemon pack. cards, like booster packs, except oh, yeah. I'm in. these these packs of cards contain uh, stuff stolen from people's wallets. Oh. Boosted, if you would. Yeah. Okay. okay. Huh. So. First I, off, I need to clarify. Is this legal? Yeah. Yes. This is <laughs> okay. legal. But I'll show the pack of cards to the people watching at home. Uh, but for the people listening, I will read it out. It is the um, get it, get the glare off. Yep. <laughs> it is the boosted pack. This is uh, mischief trading cards. Um, it is specifically for ages 18 and up. There are five cards per pack. This is the second edition. And the idea is inside of here, there are going to be a bunch of stuff that could be found in someone's wallet. Most of it's going to be obviously fake. Mm -hmm. um but there's (laughs) a chance of getting real gift cards with actual money on them oh oh that's the pool okay so that's the that's (laughs) the pool so i'm gonna do a little uh shout out to max mofo a little max mofo opening here hey nice Uh, as i open up this this pack of cards and i'll read out what i get and i'll show the camera i'll show you boys and that's how we're gonna start this episode if you guys are cool with this Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally <laughs> cool with it. I'm also just like really happy with the fact that you somehow managed to do a cold open of a cold open. Did I? Yeah, you said this is a cold open. It is a oh. cold open. Yeah. I'm glad that you had that to say because I'm having difficulty opening this. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to get technical about it, I mean, yeah, sure. He's opening cards and that is yeah, his yeah. open. He's doing, yeah, yeah. He's doing oh, wow. a cold open of a cold open of a cold open. And now I have a knife. Whoa! <laughs> now he's gonna crack open a cold one with okay. some boys. I got it what open. Do you have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys. Let's see. Here we go. What's what will what will I pull? Let's find out. 
What are I you have boosting? a Stanford University student card for a Jessica Stevens. That's you. Mm-hmm. That's me now. That's I have you. a Department of Transportation. Uh, this is a pilot's license for the mm-hmm. United States of America. Great. Hey, I have one of those. So that's pretty cool. Hey, yeah. this feels uh, this feels strangely intimate and illegal. I know. I love it. <laughs> I have a uh, Patrick Bateman vice president business card. Oh, well, well, we know. Yeah. Look at yeah, that so that's bone. wait. So does, that's yeah, does it have herringbone? Does it is what's what's the quality of the paper look like? It is, is, it, is it good paper. It is good Pretty paper. Thick? It is a yeah. good business card. It has a um, a fax number here. It has a phone number here. Mm. Uh, it's it's nice. Do you know I have font a, is, you need to get out. Yeah, do you I know have what a, font the text is? Yeah. It's at Palatino. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you look at it later. I have right. a uh, garbage pail influencer trading card. <laughs> and this is uh this is Trasha Paytes. Uh, which that looks Chloe, like a that Chloe looks like an IRL. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm calling Chloe up to tell us what this is. <laughs> Let me say that that thing looks like an IRL NFT. This is <laughs> yeah. it, the trash can says FH3H3. <laughs> wow. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's Hi, going on here? <laughs> this is Chloe oh as God. soon as she comes and gets that it. That has so much lore. <laughs> <laughs> what is okay, it? <laughs> so why is, she, why is there a box of chicken nuggets? <laughs> so Trisha Paytas like is um, a porn star and famous internet mukbanger, if you're familiar with what those videos are. Yeah, mukbanging. Where yeah, you yeah. basically just eat a bunch of food. Um, she also mm-hmm. recently yeah, joined... The H3H3 show, they had like a joint show called Frenemies that they did together until Trisha blew everything up and left because she's insane and a pathological liar. Um, so that card <laughs> <Wow>. is amazing. <laughs> that's that's good to hear. Yeah. I do have one more card that I am doing a little bit of research on. Okay. Um, so tell us more about this Trisha thing. <laughs> Um, I mean, what else is there to, she's just, she's so problematic. She's, you probably recognize her from, there's like a few thumbnails where she's just sitting on the floor of her kitchen and like sobbing and like apologizing mm-hmm. to her fans. Like that's her brand because gotcha. all she does yeah, is piss people I know off. Yeah, okay. I know, I know this person yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So she recently oh. got engaged to, um, H3 Ethan's wife, Ela's brother, Moses. So that's how she got her into the H3 show. Gotcha. All right. But. So so what's the tie to her with that card? Is she supposed to be the trash monster on it? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Because she's trash and, (laughs) you know, she eats plates of food that are bigger than her. Okay, well, this is this is going to be interesting. So the last card that I got is a Krispy Kreme Donuts gift card. Ooh. Ooh. Um, (laughs) So if. Michael, this is your episode, but if we have time, I have a number I can call to find out how much is on it if we want to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yeah, do go that. for it. Yeah, you know yeah, what? The you less I have to start, talk, the better. Because I don't want to I don't want to actually give up, give out these numbers over the Internet. Um, yeah, so I'm going to mute myself while you intro what we're talking about. And then before we start, I'll hop in and tell you how much this thing's worth. OK, cool, cool, cool. If there's a real person on the other side, just like continue the conversation for the podcast while you're talking to them. So that's cool. <laughs> OK, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Can do. <laughs> 
All right. How much does the uh, average Krispy Kreme donut go for nowadays? Anyone know? Uh, last time I checked, it was like a two bucks or so, like a buck two 50, bucks for two a bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they used, it depends on what you're getting, like because they've oh. got the specialty, or if you get like the classic. And then honestly, I think if you can keep donut. this banter yeah. up, I will just jump right back in with the amount. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can, yo, you want me to talk about Krispy Kreme donuts? Yo, let's go. Mm. Uh, so, Nick, you've you've been to, you've been to an actual Krispy Kreme, right? No. Oh my God, you haven't. There's it one is night. a magical fantasy land filled with <laughs> like w- filled with cake dough and like pastries and frosting and all. It's incredible. All I've seen um, is a sh- donuts and Kroger's, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you get <laughs> to you. There. So Krispy Kremes are great because like you get to see the magic behind the curtain. Ooh. Like they have like an actual storefront where you can go and buy like the donuts off the shelves. They've got yeah, all the different store. flavors. Yeah. But like everyone goes to Krispy Kreme for the classic glazed, right? Mm-hmm. so what Let's they see. have is they actually have an assembly line i don't know if this is like at every single Krispy cream but it's at everyone that i've been to but they have an assembly line with a glass side that faces the interior of the actual like restaurant mm-hmm. where it is the conveyor belt of the donuts being made like you see I've seen that yeah 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 like you see the donut like actually get like the the actual dough get plopped on you see it yeah. get like actually heated through the conveyor belt toaster mm-hmm. or the conveyor belt oven or whatever i'm back what's up <laughs> oh, no. Um, no what have we done no my dad just used to talk about going to Krispy Kreme and getting a donut fresh off of the line uh, Steve yes. Price friend of the show MD, <laughs> he yep. said like it, it is a religious experience because it's so hot yes. and so fresh and so gooey exactly yeah, the way yeah, a donut's really. supposed to be yeah, you take it off the line and the frosting like for the glaze is like just slowly melts over your fingertips it just went on no. that donut yeah, I'm so yeah, yeah. upset. Not a real gift card? I made it. No, it, I haven't gotten that far yet. I made it through the entire robot call for it to tell me to go back to the website. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of what kind of backwards? Uh, all right. Yeah, let's let's get to the actual episode. <laughs> we could save uh, we could save talking about Krispy Kreme donuts for another day. Hey, um, you can get a free one, I think, if you have a vaccination card. Hey, FYI. Hey, but. All right, so let's get into the actual topic. The reason why we're here, the reason why I'm sure so many of you are actually coming to listen to this podcast. I will be interrupting <laughs> you at some point to yeah, tell you fair. how much this gift card is worth. That's fair. So, <laughs> it's 100 bucks. So, there's a pretty big thing going on right now. There's this there's this movie that has been in the works for a very long time that people care a lot about that's currently in theaters in some places. But not in others. Uh, let's say like the U.S., for example, not showing here. But if you were to put your finger on any other point on the the, the globe, it just might be playing there. Um, <laughs> this is a movie that uh, is based off of one of the biggest, most important uh, science fiction works in modern history. What we're going to be talking about today Sorry. is the movie Dune. Oh yeah, the hey. new one that's coming out, not the David Lynch one that came out in the eighties. Oh, um, is David yeah. Lynch involved in this or no? Not this one. No, no, no. It's uh, probably a good thing. <laughs> a lot of people would say it's a very good thing. Okay, so yeah, it's got five bucks on it. So. Hey, that's like two. Do- that's two donuts. That's two you donuts. know what? That's that's pretty the gas good. to get there. <laughs> I think I think the real pull here was the Trisha card, but it's fine. 
For sure, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be talking about Dune. Um, but we're not going to be like specifically like talking about like the story. Like I'm not here to spoil anything. Like the movie comes out October 22nd. This episode's going to air before that. Uh, so I don't want to get into like anything really there. But I've been listening to a few of the reviews that have been coming out. Uh, and one of the common threads that I've been hearing and seeing is that the movie is incredible. It is so close to being a masterpiece. Like it is a nine out of 10 on everyone's scale. The one thing that it gets like some missed points on, there seems to be a lot of stuff that people just like aren't understanding. Like there's certain things that are just going on and you just kind of have to be like, yeah, sure. Why not? They don't really give a lot of like exposition into like why these things are actually the way that they are, which is like, in my opinion, a great thing for a fiction movie to do. Like when you're watching Star Wars, you don't care. Like the first time you watch Star Wars, you don't care about like how the lightsabers work. Like now we know that like you get a kyber crystal, you got to attune to it. It changes color based off of like your own bullshit. Um (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so like, but we didn't give a shit about that back in the 70s and 80s because we just like all we could were concerned about is like it's a great story, and that's kind of like what Dune is going for. But people mm-hmm. nowadays, in they want to know everything and they want to know it quick. Dune, the book, is also just a lot of information. Um, it's a very, very large book, and it's an entire series where a lot of this information is kind of, um, expressed and explained in about like five or six different books um some strictly dedicated to history uh geez it's a lot of books it's 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 a a lot it's a lot of reading and i know like me being like especially like me and the other like caveman brain people are not going to want to do that um (laughs) yeah (laughs) unless i'm really into something I'm yeah. probably not going to read a book about no, it. No, 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 Like anytime that like someone, if if it's not a book that I've like already read and someone is like, oh, you got to check out the book. It's better than the movie. Like for me, it's just like. No, it's not. Yeah, for, for me, my brain just <laughs> goes unga bunga, uh, reading bad, show pretty picture. Mm. Give me movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's one of the big things that I wanted to kind of talk about today. I wanted to talk about Dune, like what you actually need to know. Um, oh. Yeah. The TLDR, so, if you will. Basically, the the it's it's kind of like the 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 prerequisite spark notes before you get into the movie. Mm. <laughs> now I like these because these are both title opportunities for me. Like when you say them in the episode, that it's no it's no thinking on my end. All you gotta yeah. do is go. <laughs> it's almost like I have an outline that I gave an actual title. <laughs> wow, Wait a that's minute. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's cheating. <laughs> cheating. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, so what? Let me just ask you all this off the bat. What do you all know about Dune? Big snake. Big snake. Yeah. <laughs> Is it an Alaskan bullworm? Basically. <laughs> SpongeBob. Basically. Yeah, that I know that that's not the worm. That's its tongue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like th- I mean, th- that's basically it, though. Yes. Alaskan bull. Okay, so SpongeBob was. Is that pretty interesting? Parody? Yes, parody. it was a parody. A yes, it was a parody because <laughs> um, Dune, the book has been around since like the 80s, right? Uh, it actually came out in 64. Great. Knew I was going to be wow. off by like 20 years. I knew it yeah. somehow. <laughs> um, so here's what I know about Dune is that there, I saw a trailer for it in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, it looked really cool. It looked really like kind of sci-fi. They're on this yeah. desert planet. You have these people wearing cool armor and they're mm-hmm. going down on this planet against... 
uh, native type of people, I guess. Mm. So that's, I just watched the trailer. That's all I know. Yeah, let me Let me throw some attractive names at you. Timothy Chalamet, Zendaya, uh, Oscar Isaac. They're all in there. Jason Momoa. The big, the big beefy boy from Game of Thrones, Jason, Jason Mendoza, <laughs> Jason he's in there. Mendoza. Uh, Thanos, uh, Thanos is in there. Thanos is in there. He's, yeah. he's in there. He's up in there. He's, yep. Uh, who else? That's it. That's the whole cast. But somehow it's like thousands more. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, but that's it pretty much like, it. Major conglomeration of big name star potential. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, one of the other like really big important aspects of it is the director, uh, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Denis Villeneuve. I, I honestly, I had to look up how to pronounce his name today because before today I was using my, uh, Villeneuve. my, my, uh, Kentucky, my, my Kentucky brain. And I've been pronouncing it in like a full Peggy Hill voice. Just Del- Dennis Villanueva. Villanueva. Uh, <laughs> for the last few years. Yeah. <laughs> How, has he directed any movies that I would know? Can you just Ooh, off That's a good quick? question. Uh, have you, did you watch Blade Runner 2049? I've heard of it. So. Okay. All right. Did you watch All Looper? Right. No. He had nothing to do with it. It's just a good yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> you seen no, <laughs> they're really like he really hasn't directed like he's directed a few movies but they've all been like more like sci-fi oriented i like that um, but the reason why like he got picked to do dune so dune has been like notorious in the movie community for the longest time as being like it, it is like impossible to turn this book into a great movie just because there are so much information everything is at such a grand scale um and bringing this world to life is just like such an incredible task. Well, Denis, uh, he uh, from he's had lots of experience with that. And he <laughs> is kind of like it's like him and James Cameron. Uh, and then who's the dude who directed like Star Trek? Uh, Star Trek. And, no, Star Trek and the <laughs> new Star Wars movies. What's his name? Um, oh, he's going to pop up. JJ Abrams. Yep. I said it JJ. first. Yeah, which those are like the three guys that are like, you need you need to turn a big universe into a big movie. Cool, we got you. Um yeah. So Blade Runner 2049 is a sci-fi movie. It is the like it's an indirect sequel to Blade Blade Runner, um, mm. which is a movie that came out in the uh 80s, I believe. I don't remember specifically, but it was a Harrison Ford movie. Um where it's about like a near post-apocalyptic future in like a cyberpunk-esque setting. Yeah, that's really yeah. like the, the whole Tron look with the neon everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that, but it's more of like a grungy version of that. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Um, check it out. So he directed Blade Runner 2049, which I thought was an absolutely insanely incredible movie. Um and one of the biggest things that sticks out about it is the actual world itself. Hmm. Um, the world is just brimming with life and it feels like when you're watching the movie that you are in it. Um, like everything that's happening around you is happening at the scale that you would expect. It's not like when you watch some movies and it's supposed to be like people driving through a uh, like a good example is like in Star Wars Episode 2. Um, after Anakin and Obi-Wan, they try and go and find the, uh, the assassin who tried to kill Padme. 
when they're mm. in the speeder car. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like when it's in that where it's like you can tell that it's like two guys in a prop car with a green screen background. <laughs> you kind of can. Yeah. It's, it's true. Like, one of the bit things that Denny is very good at is not letting that happen. <laughs> just, like you, yeah. You feel fake. you feel incredibly engrossed in every aspect of the movie uh as a whole. And that's why when he got named as the director for uh for Dune, everyone was extremely excited. Um, like for the first time ever, someone was being given the proper budget, uh, but someone, but the person who's being named to actually handle the property, um, is someone who has a track record of being able to make things like Dune actually happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of like the background info of like why this movie is so hyped. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's get down to brass taxes. Um, (laughs) brass taxes. Yep. (laughs) So let's start talking about like the stuff that you actually need to know. Yeah. So Dune takes place in a fantasy version of our own universe, but very far into the future. Um, Mm -hmm. And everything that's happening in this world is taking place inside of this interstellar feudalistic society. Uh, So first off, there's a lot of people just like scratching their heads like feudalism. Huh? What is feudalism? Uh, it's not, it's It's not just like the second, the second stage of progression in age of empires too. Like, it's not just that the stuff that where it's like, you took, you took something that I didn't know about and then you compared it to something (laughs) I knew less about. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Great. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) I'm here to appeal to like the two or three other nerds that are, (laughs) have the same like life experience as me that will ever listen to this. Um, um, so what is feudalism? So feudalism is the idea that there are individual lords who hold a significant amount of power, uh, whether that's militarily or economically. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually that's one in the same. Uh, you will have one lord, like a king, for example, who establishes relationships with vassals or like these other lower lords. Um, these lower lords then pledge their military and economic power to this overlord. Um And that's how feudalism works. So it's essentially just this establishment of promises and relationships. Mm. Capitalism. So what's what does that kind of sound like? What is that? I mean, yeah, capitalism a little bit, but (laughs) yeah, the middle managers, um, the upper managers. But something that like we can kind of compare it to that I think we all know pretty well: Game of Thrones. Oh, the the system of government inside of Game of Thrones is a is feudalistic. (laughs) You have the king at the top, but you have the individual houses that hold a lot of the power, specifically in the places mm-hmm. where they are, that then lend that power on the promise to the king for when he needs it. Okay. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we've watched mm-hmm. a little Game of Thrones. So, we know a little what's going on here. I watched yeah. one episode in total. So, what, what, <laughs> what does that do? What does that do for a society, especially in the sense of, like, storytelling? It kind of forces the characters to, to deal with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it opens up the door for a lot of like political mm-hmm. intrigue. Because you're like, well, this person owes loyalty to this people to these people, but they're friends with these people. But this person hates these people, so that's interesting. <laughs> it's like modern day geopolitics. Yeah, yeah. In a nutshell, it's exactly. like any game yeah, yeah. of Monopoly ever. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yes. 
I mean, Monopoly is, I think, just like feudalism simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't afford to pay on Park Place. I guess I'll we'll have to mortgage <laughs> Boardwalk. <laughs> if you want to give me this property, I'll pay you this much in three <laughs> turns. Uh, Backroom deals. In your time um, of need, I'll lend you money. But so like, <laughs> you come to me. Yeah, yeah. But but so it's girl. it's kind of important to think about like why would someone pick like why would uh Frank Herbert the guy who wrote all this why would he pick like a feudalistic society in this interstellar epic where like we're used to the Star Wars where it's like you've got one sole empire that rules over everything or a republic that all comes together in a single place to debate on shit well it's because um each of these planets need to be autonomous. Like when you think about like ruling an entire galaxy that entire, (laughs) yeah, good luck. Basically (laughs) it's like, it's impossible to keep that like centralized. Um, so in this realistic manner of looking at how this sort of system would work, Frank Herbert picked the feudalistic society where like it's essentially giving individual families major power over these different fiefs or planets Mm -hmm. in this case, Mm. um, for them to rule over. And so that leads to um, everything coming back around to this guy who sits at the top, the Padishah Emperor. Padishah. Uh, Padishah. Padishah. Yeah, Mm. Padishah. Uh, Basically what that means is uh, it's just a translation for like Emperor of the Known Universe. Like he, he, everything that you can go to in space, he rules over it. He is the big, he's the big kahuna. Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) and under him are his vassals now the story really focuses on two main families that is house atreides and house harkonnen uh think of it like this house atreides are like this the stereotypical good guys harkonnen are the stereotypical bad guys that's really all you need to know about them like that makes it easy to pick sides yeah yeah like the atreides they are the uh like really cool chads of the universe that everyone loves uh the harkonnens are like the chads uh like rival at another school is it uh, but they're fo- but they're like football team always loses in state to the other guys so i don't know oh. <laughs> i was gonna say is it like thor and loki but no it sounds like it's like thor and another thor yeah basically it's like i don't know yeah, I can't think of any other examples. We'll maybe come back to that. But um <laughs> but so um let's see. So we're we're we got these two families. They basically rule a lot of the other stuff, but mostly focused on like their two main planets. But the emperor above them can kind of control them to a certain extent. Um but just like how in Game of Thrones, these two families when really like you 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 put the foot down, they can go do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. Um what drives this entire like this entire like em- imperial ship. I don't know. Like emperor's emperor ship. I don't know. Empirical um, ship. I like this entire say, empire. What drives this entire empire? empire? That's, that's yeah, the that's word like, I couldn't <laughs> think of. Uh, thanks. Sandworms. <laughs> yep. Uh, Where does sandworms come into this? Or we're going to get to that later. We'll get to it. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. So patient. Everything in this universe at this point in time is basically driven by a single single drug known as melange or better referred to as spice. Oh, um, the old spice trade. Spice. Hmm? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it so is Star Wars. A lot of the time. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I'm sure that no, uh, uh, I'm sure that that was a completely original thought 
during Star Wars where they were like, oh, spice, we name it the drug spice. I think like spice is just like in like the standard like replacement for like insert drug name here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're doing a little oregano over there. Yeah. Drugs are the spice <laughs> of like, space. Yep. Which I think Dune <laughs> Dune is like the standard bearer for that. Like they I think Dune really introduced like spice as like a drug concept. Mm-hmm. Um well, kind but, of was back in the day of the spice trade and all that. That's fair. Fighting over it and warring over it, and yeah. just for that little, yeah, yeah. that little sprinkle in your stew, like really. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah. So, why is the spice so so important? Well, so this th- this stuff, this melange, the spice, uh, it actually increases your lifespan and can give you precognizance. Jesus, um, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 pretty damn powerful. Uh, it can yeah. give you some pretty cool powers, and uh, it gets you pretty high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the important thing about spices is it can only be found in one place. It's in the sands one place, of the dune. Arrakis, yeah, nice. It can be like Ooh. Arrakis, also known as Dune, uh, because it is an entirely desert planet. I like that. Oh. Yeah, I'm in. Yep, and yep, and that's where the sandworms live. Uh, <laughs> and the sandworms <laughs> just yep. like eating people. They they basically just eat eat stuff and poop. Yeah, that's it. What what if just what like if indiscriminately? The, yeah, is the spice their poop? Is that the? Oh, that'd be interesting. It, that would be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't if know. I wrote you, right then that's what, what I would do. <laughs> yeah. You got to get worm poop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you smoke it. <laughs> um, what do I know? But so some background info now that we've established that like these basic families, the system, the planet where this is mainly taking place on. So let's spin things back because you may be like sitting there in the first few minutes watching this movie and you're sitting there wondering like, huh? For a sci-fi movie, there's not a lot of computers here. A lot, a lot of people it, pressing <laughs> buttons. Like you're, you'll notice, like especially if you compare to like Star Wars, like Star Wars, you've got like like the the androids, like mm-hmm. like C three PO, R two D two, like they 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 play a very central role in the overall story. Uh, Dune, you're not going to see anything like that. Uh, so. In the history in the universe of Dune, uh, thousands of years before the events that we start to like follow along with, uh, there was a uh, a giant war called the Butlerian Jihad. Um, oh, yeah. So for a long time, mankind was able to advance so quickly, much like how we're kind of seeing right now in our real world through the use of technology and AIs and machine learning. Yeah, that feels um, like something we don't talk about enough. The fact that like mm. in the last 20 or so years, <laughs> it really was like the last 40 years, we've just completely exploded with technology. Yeah. Like, I mean, like from, from a nuts. person who's pretty ingrained in that space, like we're still way a ways away from something like, like our peak like cataclysmic happening. Yeah, yeah. But it we're is kind of nuts. Away Put a pin that. in that. <laughs> yeah. Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it. It's yeah. kind of nuts how like <laughs> mechanical the world used to be and now everything is a lot less analog. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But basically what happened is there was a war between AI and human. Uh, AI grew too big for its britches and humankind was like, hey, we don't like that. Cut him down. Um, 
Yeah, so cut them down. So humankind went on this Butlerian jihad where essentially they made the declaration that you are, that humankinds are no longer allowed to make machinery in the image of the human brain. Uh, So there was this very distinct definition of like smart machines or like learning machines and not learning machines. Mm -hmm. Um, And it went so far as, as jihads do to basically be like, if you are, if it is a computer in any sort of way, it is destroyed. If you do not destroy it, you will be put to death. Oh, um, so little, yeah, it's a little draconian, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but this kind of establishes this entire world that has moved to the point where it can travel through space without any computers. And this was in the sixties. This is in the 60s. So the, it, all these ideas come from a time period during the 60s. This was before so, the moon. Like this was before we had like even successfully landed on the moon. And this guy's talking yeah. about interstellar space travel. Yeah. 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 That is incredible. Yeah. It's, well, if you want to get into the weeds about it, we had Apollo 1 at that time. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, we didn't land on the moon until four years later. So let's get into space the weeds travel, on it. How many I, people survived I, I, space travel before 1969? How many people survived space travel? Yeah, before 1969. Oh, are we talking like low, low level orbit of space travel? No, <laughs> I'm talking space travel. Like they were like, we're almost the moon abort. We're not going to make it. I don't know. Um, Probably not yeah, a lot. Nick, you're the history. I think it was one. mostly like monkeys and dogs that they sent up that, oh, yeah. that they well, were just died. like, you know what? They're still up there. They're still all right. <laughs> they found a way to make it. They're good. <laughs> yeah, they're fine slowly suffocating to death yeah uh, so so it introduced this like really cool concept of like what if humanity gets to a point where because of their reliance on technology they're able to accomplish these really cool feats like being able to travel the universe and then suddenly have to take all that away uh huh. what would you do the so basically <laughs> the solution in the world of dune was to take special individuals who are born and show the capabilities for increased intelligence to basically train them and give them artificial enhancements so that they can become human supercomputers. Oh, hmm. yeah. And you know what they do, how they're able to do that? Drugs? Well, off the backing of the spice. <laughs> of the spice. Spice. Uh, the spice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, hey. Space Italians. <laughs> Everybody's a space Italian. I know. I feel You'll like find a giant when you really get chips. down to it, the entirety <laughs> of like the Dune fantasy series is all just like an analogy for like spicy food. Oh my spicy gosh. Make it taste good. Turns out technology yeah. was the spice of life. Yeah, yeah. Put salt on your like salt your water before you boil pasta. Uh salt your know. water before you drink answer. it. Yeah. It tastes good. <laughs> Helps you retain your nutrients. Um, it's good but, for the colon, good yeah. for the heart. So, <laughs> so there was this idea of like taking people from birth and training them for a very specific purpose. And usually Super these soldiers. mentats would end up being, um, they would be given to individual lords and families to do these jobs. But mentats were kind of like, a step in the right direction, but not necessarily like the exact thing that they needed because even space travel itself took a lot of work and effort. Mm -hmm. It does. So what ended up happening is there was this organization 
that uh, formed itself specifically for this. They became the Spacing Guild. Now, the Spacing Guild is this independent like organization separate from the uh, the Empire uh, that they are responsible for all space travel in the universe. The reasoning hmm. being is that they have people that they have trained and get genetically modified um, to the point where these are like mutated masses of like human flesh where their entire job is to uh, handle space travel. Uh, okay. These are They're called guild navigators. And basically what they do, because the the whole idea of space travel in this is that you take this mound of human flesh and brains, give it spice. They can then see into the near future and using that future site, they're able to plan these jumps in faster than light travel to get to okay. places where they're going. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. So like that's one of the things you'll you'll notice through hearing a lot of the stuff. And when you watch the movie, this isn't a feel good sci fi movie. It's pretty dark. Oh, great. Um, it's yeah, a little yeah. dark, I guess. I mean, it's not too terrible. Yeah. It's not like, like a Deus Ex or, or anything like that. The I mean, game. yeah, it, it will get it will get places. But uh, like it, it's kind of like a I guess the easiest thing to compare it to as far as like darkness goes. Um, it's like, kind of like a higher rated PG 13, like game of Thrones esque thrown in space. I don't want <laughs> a harder game of Thrones. I would like, it's not harder. <laughs> what do you I, mean harder? Darker. Was it game of Thrones that people say was written, um, around the premise of this dude watching his turtles in a tank and then just like taking what his turtles did and then turning it into like, these families and this war that was happening over this like throne. I have no familiar, clue what you're talking actually. about. Okay, great. No, it sounds, so, that sounds right. So from what I understand, Game of Thrones was written um, because the author of Game of Thrones, whose name is George R. R. Martin. Yeah, George R. R. Martin. Was, yeah, watching, yeah. George Railroad Martin. was watching his turtles <laughs> in a tank and they were fighting over this hill right and he was like well obviously whoever gets to the top of the hill is the king and there were all of these families that were like represented by each turtle so he used his at the actions of his turtle to dictate what happened in the books and then he wrote the characters out to do what the turtles did basically <laughs> okay and that's that's how he wrote it i i assume I don't know about that. <laughs> Story checks out. I mean, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, let me let me read you this. As a child, George R. R. Martin had turtles, the only pet he was allowed to have. The turtles lived in a castle, and Martin pretended they were knights and kings and made up stories in which they betrayed and killed each other and fought for the kingdoms. Martin wow. has said Game of Thrones began with his turtles. What what's, what's your source on this? That is the Game of Thrones wiki. Whoa, okay, all right. <laughs> all right, okay. Go that fact yourself. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Anyway, basically, this is all to get back around to the fact that I don't want a harder Game of Thrones. I just want to watch the turtles, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and, like, you, you do. You do just watch the turtles. But, like, at the same time, it's like you're given uh, six turtles that have already fought seven wars. Uh and have like killed five other turtles. It's like there's a little bit more to understand there. 
I get guess. The full picture I of just want to watch watch the dumb turtles roll you down can. the big hill. Yeah. You can, yeah, yeah, you can. And that's the thing when you go and watch Dune, like it's gonna you're gonna be watching some turtles, but oh boy, that is it's a real pretty movie. Mm. So it's a real pretty terrain. Uh, speaking of pretty, speaking of pretty, where does where does Timothy Chalamet come in? So Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> he is the son of the current leader of House Atreides. Not not the emperor, name, just the leader. No, he's basically a Stark. So, basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm into it. The Atreides, the closest like comparison to Game of Thrones. They are the they are like first season Starks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Harkonnens uh, are like first season Lannisters. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, Timothy Chalamet, he is Oscar Isaac's son. Uh, he is uh, beautiful boys, so Oscar Isaac is Leto Atreides, uh, the leader of House Atreides. Gotcha. Timothy Chalamet is Paul Atreides, Paul, uh, the son of Leto. Hi, I'm Paul. Yep. I'm Paul. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Probably one of the most like uninspired like protagonist names I've ever heard. <laughs> well, there's hero protagonists. Let us not forget. I mean, Paul Atreides. <laughs> it's like two steps away from Paul Smith, which is two steps away from hero protagonist. You're so right. <laughs> Paul was in the Bible. Let's not forget that. Um, it's like one of those things where it's like you take like a character and it's like this character is destined for greatness. They are the chosen one. What's his name? Paul. Joe. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Something uninspiring. Right. <laughs> like, come on, man. Work on your name. Um <laughs> But the important thing, so Paul is the main character, though, of the Dune series. He is the main guy that you follow throughout all of it. So you'll see lots of Timothy Chalamet, uh, which is very good for Alex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but what one of the things that makes Paul really special is his his bloodline. So like the thing that's really crazy about the Atreides bloodline, they have been basically like. Uh, they have been breeding their line to be as perfect as possible or as close to perfect as possible. Hate that, so, actually. It's it's so OK, back up. A lot of this world is built on the back of like specialized, like essentially human breeding. Mm-hmm. Um, Hate that. It's the whole idea. Yeah, yeah, it's not a fun concept. And remember, it's a dark world. Yeah. Um, and. So, like, to give you an idea of like the the dankness and darkness of this thing, um, <laughs> the uh, the guy who designed like the aliens from Alien, he did like all the official artwork for this for this book. Oh boy, Ooh. we're in it. So then. It's a lot of like very like sinewy, humany looking, like gross. Like even the technology looks like it is flesh, kind of situation, like. Yeah, it's real weird. Okay, so how um, Paul icky. has been inbred to not inbred, just bred. Not inbred, just bred. Yeah, yeah. Let's not get confused yep. here, folks. <laughs> He's just been bred to be a perfect human specimen, quote unquote. As close to as they have gotten so far. Okay. Except and, on wow. the other so that's only on his dad's side though. His mom is what's known as a Bene Gesserit. Is that um, like a, a Bene Gesserit? No, a ben, kind of the a opposite. Mobile? Kind of oh, the okay. opposite. Pure bread. A Bene Gesserit is um, basically an organization of mostly women. Okay. Where they are essentially, they're basically an all woman version of the Illuminati. Oh, I that, love that. 
that everyone is just kind of like I'm a huge yeah, they're a thing. I'm a huge advocate for women supporting women. <laughs> Chloe rolled her eyes so hard I think she might have to pick them up off the floor. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, but so like it's not just like that they are like pulling all the strings behind the scenes and are like like they're they have their own special abilities. Um, and that's what kind of gives them the ability to pull all these strings. Okay. So um, essentially what these people can do is through their ingestion of the spice, Ugh. where normal people can have like precognition. Everybody uh, on the spice. These people can look back through their genetic history, kind of like what we see in like the Assassin's Creed games. Oh, um, I love this. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and so... They have these uh, they have these people like within their within their organization that can take the spice, look back through their histories and through that they can offer guidance uh, through their their main goal, which is to create uh, their uh, their basically messiah figure to Mm -hmm. lead the world to its next steps of evolution to reach a place where society across the galaxy is homogenous not homogenous that sounds bad um where they're basically to create world peace okay because everyone is in this enlightened state hi i'd like to solve the puzzle yeah i think hi i'm paul is that christ figure and that's why the baby was had, even though they're, I'm imagined, supposed to not do that. So uh, Paul's mom is known as Lady Jessica. She is a concubine to mm. uh, to his dad. Um, she was meant to bear only female children mm-hmm. with uh, with Mr. Lido, um, except she betrays the Bene Gesserit. Uh, the Benny Gesserit organization and because one of the other. So remember, we said they have a bunch of powers. That vision was just one of their powers. One of their other visions that they have is they're able. They have full fertility control. Oh, they can control so what kind of baby they have. They can control whether they have pre- whether they get pregnant and what kind of babies they have. That is the wow. biggest, most dopest, most coolest thing I've ever heard. I love that. And I think it's better than <laughs> Jedi's. Let's continue. Yeah. I think so too, and that come and that's only part of what the Bene Gesserit women can do. What else can um, these women do? I stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the first things that you'll see, like in the book and the movie, of like what they're able to do is so they have a general truth sense. Oh. So through like being able to like very closely inspect a person's behaviors, body senses, and like whether they're sweating and like see whether like if they're left pinky tip shake slightly they'll be able to be like oh this guy's lying or he's holding something from me mm. um Ooh. so and can can yeah. hi i'm paul is he like also a benny jesuit so if we remember benny jesuits are they're all uh, female but she was only supposed to have females so if she had a male mm-hmm. it's like is this the one male benny jesuit yes ah! the thing that makes yeah oh the thing that makes paul it very special and why he's seen as possibly being the the messiah figure throughout this whole thing is because he was born he is a man born with mentat capabilities so he's Mm -hmm. born on the born able to like process things at the same level of a supercomputer uh but then also has all of the same powers as a bene gesserit which comes with a lot of like the uh emotional manipulation and truth sense so basically Give a person 
the highest IQ and EQ available ever. And then let him go, let him go to town. And that's basically Dune. Um, <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So like Paul it. and his mom both have this, like these other powers too, where it's like, um, they have this thing called the voice where they, by like manipulating their own sound waves and the frequency at which they speak, they can basically just like mind control people into telling them to do the things they want. Um, Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's among cool. other things, I imagine. Yeah. Like they have like full like control of like their bloodstream, like how like the like how fast their heart is beating. Uh they can like basically like metabolize out poisons from their body at will. Um it's all fucking nuts. Um, yeah, so he's basically <laughs> the super the superhuman protagonist that we have. Uh yeah, so yeah. so let's talk conflict then. We got this boy. He got all these mm-hmm. powers. What's he trying to do with them? He right now he's just trying to live. Like he's just trying to be be his best self. Like that's where okay. that's where the, that's where the movie picks up. Who is Zendaya? She's got that weird stuff coming out her nose. Yeah, yeah. so oh, that's Zendaya because the planet's is... low on oxygen. It helps him breathe. I knew that nope. part. Nope. That's why that's why John Travolta had it a while ago. That's why John Travolta had it, but that's not why Zendaya had it. Okay, why does Zend- <laughs> why does Zendaya have it? What so, the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, basically, those suits that you see, like the people wear on the planet Arrakis, those cool. are essentially suits meant to um, recycle every bit of water that comes out of your body. Okay, <laughs> that's quite hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why they've got like the little nose things. It's because as you breathe, the little nose thing will capture all of the moisture from your breath. And recycle it through the suit so that so you can use can it again. Drink water more. Yeah, yeah. So like the whole idea right. of them is that Stay like hydrated. by wearing one of these suits, uh, you will only lose a thimbleful of water a day. Incredible. Okay, that's cool. Because it is a desert planet. Uh, these people, like the the local people, uh, they're called Fremen. Um, that is what Zendaya is. Zendaya is a Fremen. Fremen. Um, their whole shtick is like water is life because it literally is. Mm-hmm. But the Fremen people, uh, the people who live on Arrakis, they are an extremely religious, fanatical, and skeptical people. Like to the point where, like, when they say water is life, water is like everything. Um, to the point where, like, when someone dies in Fremen culture, uh, they don't burn them or bury them. They literally reprocess the body down to the water that remained in the body so that it can be reused. Wow. They turn them into beef jerky. <laughs> they they basically like dehydrate into beef jerky, trap all the water and then drink that. Alrighty. Then. That feels yeah. kind of spiritual. <laughs> I kind of like that. Like your loved one yeah, passes yeah. and they're like, drink the water from your loved one so that you may live now on they're a part of you well it's, it's, like, it's, wow. it's like the whole idea of like the water from your loved one is now going to be used as like sustenance for your entire community i love that that's great yeah. i want that to be a thing for us but it's not <laughs> i don't want to have to drink do that, that feels but i like, special. I like I drink my water i like where your head's at i like where your head's at that feels yeah. special to me you know <laughs> um but yeah, so we're we're on this planet Arrakis. So what is the big conflict here? Like, what is the big conflict in this movie? There's no water so, and we need to get spice. 
Well, that's <laughs> those are parts of the movie, yes. But like okay. the, the the very big large conflict in this movie, without going into spoilers, is the people who currently so we talked about earlier, basically the entire backbone of this entire society is built on the back of spice. Um all of the spice in the universe comes from Arrakis. So mm-hmm. basically, whoever's in control of Arrakis is one of the most powerful people in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. So what's going on here is Arrakis has been ruled by the Harkonnen, the, the Lannisters of this universe, uh, gotcha. the bad guys, um, generally awful people. Hate that for them. So they, so they have been some of the most powerful people in this entire universe. However, they do a lot of shady shit. Hate that. Uh, and the emperor is like, I don't want my I don't want the person in control of all of my stuff doing all this shady. Sh-. May I try hey. that line one more time, Michael? You want to try it? Yeah, yeah. I don't want these shady people to be controlling all of my <laughs> shit. That's my emperor, emperor. Palpatine. Nice. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Unlimited power. Unlimited yeah. spice. <laughs> <laughs> That's his problem. He was just taking too many drugs. That's how his voice got like that. That seems about right. Okay, yeah. so 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 bad Lannisters are they're in charge of the spice, they're doing shady deals. It's basically a mob movie, it feels. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. It it's feels like, like a, a political mob movie. Yeah, I yeah. love that. It feels like a mobster yeah, yeah. movie to me. Yeah, basically like <laughs> naturally they're fighting over spice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then you've got the Atreides. So the Emperor's like, hey, everyone loves you all. You all are great people. And like you are like some of the most loyal, honest, and like caring people in my entire like shtick. And you are like you have the means to do this. I know you guys have been fighting with the Harkonnen for generations, and I get it, but like Arrakis is now yours. Figure it out. <laughs> hey. Kill him. What? <laughs> you know how you've been wanting yeah. to kill him? Kill him. I don't care. Yeah. What's the thing? Is like the, the emperor is kind of like in the state of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. He's just in a mood, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I just want my best guy doing the best thing for me. Uh, and, and so would- the conflict of this entire movie comes down from you have the uh, Atreides trying to come in and take over uh Take over Arrakis from the Harkonnen and the Harkonnen being like, this is my shit. Get out. Um, <laughs> and that's 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 Dune. That's the movie. <laughs> that's that's Dune. OK, yeah, yeah. You said hey, it. That's, that's pretty Dune, good. That's Dune without spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers, Dune. That's your Dune TLDR. And to fill the last five minutes of our regular segmented show, I'd like to report to you that Marvel is currently desperate to get Nick Cage back as Ghost Rider for Doctor Strange 2. I'm so in for that. I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah. Ghost Rider is part of the Marvel yes. universe? Yeah, He's a Marvel dude. character. Ghost yeah. Rider's a superhero, if you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Johnny Blaze. his head catches on fire. You know, Nick Cage never says no to a role. And if he says no to this one, (laughs) I'm going to be so mad. Wait, is the the character behind like is the guy who's actually like Ghostwriter? Is his name Johnny Blaze? Yeah. Johnny Blaze is the stunt man. Okay, that's pretty cool. Okay, what's the name of the guy who is the fire person from Fantastic Four? That's that's um, that's Johnny Flame. Johnny Flame. So we've got Johnny Johnny Flame Flame and Johnny Blaze in the same universe. I'm I'm willing to Google this. Hold on. Guy Fieri. (laughs) Johnny Blaze. 
is Ghost Rider. Johnny Flame is yeah, <laughs> it's Human Torch. So yeah, <laughs> so Stanley was See? like, oh, we got one that is on fire. What do we name him? <laughs> and they said that'll be Johnny Blaze. And he went, I love it. All right. Now I got a ghost rider, right? He rides on a motorcycle. It's very cool. And his head's his head's on fire. His head, get this, it's on fire. What do we call him? They're like, Johnny Flame. He's like, no, no, no. Already did that. They're like, Johnny Blaze. He said, f***ing send it. <laughs> Let me go take a look at this Thetharis. No one's gonna notice. No one's gonna read this one. To be fair, I didn't notice until literally just now. This is gonna be one connection. of those superheroes that we push under the rock. <laughs> and then we cast a Nick Cage because Sony was having a field day in the early to late 2000s. I think, I think one of the funniest things about that is like a major company saw Ghost Rider saw Iron Man, saw Thor, saw Captain America, all these great characters. And they're like, nah, we want Ghost Rider. <laughs> so Ghost Rider. Two, uh, man, we could do an entire episode on Ghost Rider, but I want to talk about this right now because this news <laughs> yeah. is like breaking. There's another Ghost Rider <laughs> in the MCU already. Um, who like takes explain yourself. Who like takes over for Johnny Flame or Johnny Blaze. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> um I don't remember what his name is, but is, is this a quick this segment, Alex? No, because I'm not doing the quick this this week. You are. Um Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, no it's continue. fine. <laughs> I was confused. I was like, is my is my week? Is it your No, it's it's yours. You're you're good. So yeah, there's Johnny Blaze, and then there is Roberto Reyes. That sounds right. But he takes over, and Robert, Roberto Reyes, let's say that that's him, because that sounds right. Um, he takes over, and that happened in the Marvel like TV series. So I don't know oh. what Marvel is considering canon and what they're not considering canon anymore. I'm pretty sure that know. the new Ghost Rider showed up in the Daredevil series, but I don't I know. know. Marvel at this point is kind of like, what if we just had like infinite clout and infinite money? Speaking of, <laughs> let's, let's make speaking it happen. Of, speaking of what if and Marvel, have you guys watched Marvel's What If yet? I have only seen the first two episodes and I yeah, love them. Here. I just keep forgetting to go back and watch more. It just concluded yeah. and a lot of people are hyped about the ending and I don't know how I feel about it. That's what I want to say. That's my hot take. I saw I saw the premise. I saw the premise. That's my hot take hey, on it. it. Yeah. And it's going to watch it eventually. It sounds like the premise sounds like ripe for hype. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know. I don't know. I, people... know. I like I like the idea of just like a series where like the people behind Marvel can just like hire all their like famous actors to just make anything happen. And I do I do love that. And also, in case you guys didn't know, because we're talking about Marvel on a Dune episode for some reason. Oh, yeah, I brought up I brought up Ghost yeah, Rider. That's on cool. me. You did this. I did yeah. that. And just, just to kind of like close things out for Dune, like I think that pretty much does cover like all the really, really important things that you mm -hmm. need to know. Without spoilers. Like, yep. Without spoilers, which like very hard to do. Yeah. Um, but uh so but if anyone has any feedback or comments or anything like please let us know because yeah. like the movie doesn't come out for another another 
two weeks. Go to our uh, Twitter, entertain underscore this, and at Michael Savoya. Just just roast him. <laughs> Do it. Yeah, yeah. Just shoot me all like the the DMs, like make call out posts for all the shit that I got wrong. Call me. Yeah, a fake if he nerd, doesn't like it, it, he'll block you. He'll block you. He'll <laughs> yeah. take care of it. No, you don't have to worry about it. Block you. He'll just he'll just writhe you. in self pity. He's in the middle of like a big move and. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to make work work with that, and he's doing the show at the same time. He's sacrificing to make all of this happen, and you can just shit on him if you want, I guess. Go please, for it. Please do it. Why not add to the <laughs> stress to that's Michael's right. life? <laughs> <laughs> you animals. <Jeez>. Anyway, <laughs> let's do a quick let's this, have a rough huh? go, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're doing a quick this now? Yeah, that's right. And it, okay. it, we um, have been, in fact, live for an hour, so it is time for a quick this. It's time to wrap okay. it up with a with a, a Nick fastball special. He wrote down a lot of shit, and he's going to read it as fast as he can in, uh, like, two pitches more than what a monotone would be. Let's do it. Okay, I'm done. And that was the quick this segment. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for tuning <laughs> Now you got this. Come on, we believe in you. Have you, have you seen people uh, like speed read? Oh yeah, cool. I've like watched yeah. the world's fastest speed reader. Um, one of the things that he did was the McDonald's menu, and <laughs> I can actually do it like almost Don't as fast powder. as he can, yeah. which is pretty I, nuts. I, I went through like a two or three year period where like I specifically like taught myself how to speed read because I figured like oh then I can actually get through all these awesome books that people have been telling me to read. <laughs> But if you speed like, read, well, like, it's impressive to listen to, but you don't retain anything. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it's wasn't like even, like, grinder. listening. Like, I could retain, like, every fifth word, and that was about it. That's no good. But you read it. Yeah, you lose a so lot of context. Hey, do you do you guys want to close this episode with a quick this, and then I'll try to do the McDonald's menu wrap from the 1970s, <laughs> and then we'll call it a day? That feels like a fun way to end yes. this episode. It's yes, been all please. over the place. Yeah. All right, let's do a quick this, and I then I'll close that. it on that. All right, you All right, ready? Michael's got a timer for yep. me. I am, I am ready. Let's and go. go. To start my quick this tonight, I'd like to ask for a little forgiveness as opposed to permission, uh, because I'd like to talk about myself for a little while, if I can do that. No, better yet, that's eight. not what this podcast okay, well. is about. All right, Michael, stop the account. <laughs> How many times are we going to stop the, the timer before we actually do a quick this? But yeah, it's a shameless plug for a little long-term side project of mine. Oh, long-time fans of the podcast, you'll know what I'm about to talk about. It's my Instagram account, my side Instagram account called Nice Drawing Nick. Please go follow me. I'm lonely. Um, <laughs> but as October gets underway, we can examine the various meanings surrounded uh, in this this word this month. Uh, some have called it spooky season. Some have called it the pumpkin spice season. Or that weird month where you need a sweater in the morning and you need shorts in the afternoon. But what I'm here to talk about is something called Inktober, where artists are encouraged Ooh. to create something and share it every day of the month in October. And it's yet one another one of those uh, social media challenges. Yes, people do, and they do it once, and they actually forget about the meeting. I'm looking at you, Ice Bucket Challenge, Cinnamon Challenge, and all those others. But anyways, the, the goals of this challenge are as follows. To get better at drawing, find other artists, grow an audience for their work, and since 2009, it has grown to be a worldwide endeavor with thousands of artists taking on this challenge every year. So that sounds all fine and dandy. It's something that I can certainly ascribe to, and one of the primary reasons why I got involved with Inktober back in 2019, I wanted something that forced me to draw every day, because after all, practice makes perfect, and to be an expert at anything, you need to do it every single day, which by extension means that I am a meme expert because that's something that I do every day as well. 
But as you know, Your social media wild. challenges. <laughs> but as you know, social media challenges are not without their fair share of controversy. Uh, that's right. I got to spill some tea about Inktober's creator, Jake Parker. People seem to have a certain axe to grind with him over the copywriting of the word Inktober, which granted was kind of a slimy move. Uh, but the plot thickens here because there on out, you have this uh, other artist by the name of Alfonso Dunn, who created an inking art book before the copyright took effect and claimed that his book was part and parcel plagiarized by Parker. So he makes a video and Dunn shows some of his pretty damning evidence for this, including entire paragraphs that were copied and pasted into Jake's book. Now, it's far beyond coincidental, like happenstance in my view. Do you think that Jake Parker did a bad thing? He, yeah, he probably did. And yeah, I think that everyone would agree, but just to be a plain dealer here, I'll summarize to you what he has said in regards to the copywriting of the Inktober wordmark. He said his primary concern was to stop bad actors from selling the idea of Inktober and selling merch with his logo on it, and also to better control the usage of his brand, which is fine. The creator of something, you have every right to trademark it as you please, but plagiarism of this caliber, it's downright unexcusable, especially in the art community in which it's so based on one's own personal talents and experiences and thoughts that it's downright disingenuous and immoral to lift anyone's art and call it your own especially when money is involved in a case like copywriting Inktober. So there you go. That's the beef. That's the tea, whatever you want to call it with Inktober. But I personally, I still intend to do this challenge every day over on my Instagram account. Nice drawing, Nick. And I still use that hashtag. So in, in, a, in a weird way, I guess I'm kind of supporting Jake Parker, but I will not support him monetarily or otherwise beyond that. I'm doing this challenge for purely selfish reasons. And if you want to follow along with me, I'd certainly appreciate that. And good Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise, I'll keep up it <laughs> and post every day. Uh, but it gets harder and harder as we go along. You but. changed your branding for Nice Drawing Nick, and it looks really nice. I really like the very simplistic smiley face with the NDN. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I just did that as, as, as opposed to my, my face on there, because nobody wants to see I that. I would buy a t-shirt with that logo on it, like for sure. A white t-shirt, and in the like center of it is just a tiny smiley face and NDN. <laughs> Anyways, uh, maybe I'm just dreaming. Uh, maybe you can throw a couple uh, likes my way, help out a starving artist on my on my posts, but that'll conclude my quick this. Thanks for listening. Um, I will say, just as a quick Googling of NDN, just because it sounded like a drug, it is a shortening of Native Indian, so <laughs> something maybe to look oh. into. But at the same time, that at the same time, for other people who are going to be like, oh, cool, Nick draws stuff. That's neat. Uh, it's not neat. <laughs> uh, if you if you go it check out neat. Nice Drawing Nick, it is very neat. Um, you're just in for an absolute, absolutely wild ride. It's <laughs> it is wild ride. It is something <laughs> for sure. Um, the way that you take these hashtags and you bend them to your own twisted will is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Like, like for suit, somehow you got to drawing a picture of Barack Obama, I guess, it's because he suit. wears suits, yeah. and that's great. I That one, you that's know what? That one's a pass. Now, on hashtag you vessel, you somehow drew a picture of a rocket that is docked at a bay, and a pirate's looking angrily at it with the quote, <laughs> Yar, you can't park that vessel here without a permit. To believe that 
the pirate is the the person who is most concerned with keeping law at the ports is ridiculous. That's not what pirates do. That's they do the opposite. Kind of the point. See, it's a- <laughs> okay. Now, can we talk about how for the next one you did hashtag knots? Yep, there is my favorite. There is a picture of a knot, <laughs> but it is in front of a moving plane that seems to be in the sky. The only dial is wash. Um, and uh, don't let me leave out the most important part here. While there are, first off, this is the inside of a car that you've drawn, but it is for sure a plane. <laughs> and I know that by the little books that say piloting for dummies. Uh, but, and again, I'm leaving out the best part here. The co-pilot is just Big Bird from Sesame Street, ain't it? <laughs> but he looks cracked out of his mind looking back at the person watch, like looking at the drawing. And he's sitting there just <laughs> instead of actually helping, watching YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> when you describe those things, it's like I actually did that. That's funny. Well, I was I was, scro- I was scrolling through like the the gallery feed of your Instagram for this, and like I saw that in passing, and you've got some wild shit in here. But that's the first one I've seen that made me go, "Wait a minute, hold up." <laughs> you know what, Nick? Hold up. I will say your post that says. New on TV, sensible shoes. What a deal. I wonder if we should tell them that they're rentals for bowling. That is a very <laughs> good drawing. That is yeah, that I is beat. a that is one that I would frame for sure. Uh there are others in here that will haunt my nightmares, like the Chef Boy RD one. <laughs> <laughs> There's one of that's who I can only assume is Davy Crockett. Yep, that's him. Wow. Um, I don't know. It's, hey. it's hard for me to I, draw the, faces the, the, and they don't look creepy. The more that I stare at these, <laughs> the more I love them is the problem. Because yeah. the more that I see and like even just scrolling through this Instagram feed is just very satisfying. Nick, like, I have to ask. I, I do have to ask. Um, can you give me the name of like your acid dealer? My acid dealer? Yeah, because that's <laughs> working. <laughs> anyway, you guys want to hear McDonald's rap before we sign off? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, let's close it on this, and I'll do our sign-off. Let's see if I can still do this. This is excellent. Big Mac with BLT, a quarter pounder with sushi, filet, fish, a hamburger, a cheeseburger, a happy meal, nice steak, to go to fresh, regular, a large side, salad, chef, a garden, or a chicken salad, oriental, big breakfast, hot cake, sauce, made, biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese, hash, about two, and four dessert, apple pie, sunny sweet varieties, are also Arthur kind of shake, Charlie, cookies, and a drink, a Coca-Cola, diet, coconut, drink, a Sprite, coffee, decaf, two, a loaf, a mocha, so an orange juice, a little McDonald's, good time, great taste, and I get this all in one place. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Thank Can you. you do that in a drive-thru and just see what they do? No, that's the other <laughs> you turned, one. Like, you turned very red very quickly. I got a double cheeseburger and hold the lettuce. Don't be front sun, no seeds on the bun. You guys that's remember impressive. That? Yeah, I learned that when I was like eight because I have ADHD and hyperfixation and nobody caught it. Yeah. So I, I learned a lot of stupid stuff for no reason. It's a reason why I know how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Anyway, yeah. that's like that. another episode, folks. That's an hour and ten that we've wasted of your life, and we appreciate you wasting your time with us. Because if we can be anything, we love to be a distraction from the mundane of the day-to-day. To give you a little hint of spice, if you would. Ooh, yeah, that's gosh. right. I, I tie it all in. Anyway... <laughs> Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if there's anything that you want to hear us cover on the show, something we haven't covered before, something that we didn't cover enough of, we always love your guys' feedback. There's a couple ways you can reach out to us. First is just shoot us an email. We are entertain this podcast at gmail.com. We do read every email. I try to respond to most of them. Um, but as we know, I'm I'm bad at that. Anyway, 
Uh, you can also go to our website. It's www.entertainthis.net. Scroll all the way to the bottom. You can leave your name uh, and a little message, and it also gets sent to us so that we can read through those. It's a little bit easier if you don't want to, you know, put in our email and all of that nonsense. You can also find us on Twitter. We are entertain underscore this. On Instagram, we are entertain this podcast. You can find us on Facebook. We are podcast entertain this you join there for updates on the show give us a like on itunes give us five stars leave us a review we'd really like that you can also subscribe to us on youtube we post the video feeds every week thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next friday goodbye see ya peace out girl scout this episode of entertain this was written by michael savoya additional commentary was provided by nick mustakangas and alex Steele. our showrunner and resident fact checker is chloe price our theme music is Rush Hobble by Aaron Spencer, with additional interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.